a guest comes, steps on a shell, comes in and they look in the medicine cabinet and lo and behold, the peroxide is five years old, way long expired, no band-aids, you know, no aspirin. It's just like a mess, right? So anticipate those kind of problems. Are you looking to create more money, more options, and more fun? Hi, I'm Chris McCarron, and each week my guests and I will share our experiences with real estate investing and do our best to help empower you to start creating wealth yourself. Welcome to Women Creating Wealth. If you're ready to get started, visit womencreatingwealth.net. For now, let's jump into today's episode. Hey, welcome to Women Creating Wealth. This week, we're going to talk about how to automate your Airbnb, how to make it as hands-off an experience as humanly possible. So the first thing that you may not know about is a feature on Airbnb called Teams. You can assign people to your team and you can give them access to your either one listing, all your listings, whatever you choose. So they can go in, for example, let's say your cleaner, which first, let me say you must have a cleaner if you want to automate your Airbnb experience. You cannot be floating around the world, enjoying your life and spending your money if you have to run back and clean the place. So make sure you have a really reliable cleaner. And this should be someone who's flexible enough that if you don't want to do specific week-long terms, right, that is one thing you can do is create mandatory check-in and check-out dates. I think that limits you. But anyway, make sure your cleaner is flexible enough to be able to pop in whenever you need that person to do so. And you can encourage them to log into Airbnb on their own and set their schedule for the week and say, hey, here you go. Every week, I just want you to log in at the beginning of the week and figure out which days people are checking out. And I would love it if you could be there within three hours of the checkout date so that we can make sure that if there is a same day turnaround, that you're already in the groove, already in the habit of cleaning right away as soon as people check out. So you would have your cleaner give that person, that person's now a team member, that person, that cleaner can log into Airbnb and see your schedule and check it all out and alert you if there's a problem, whatever. The other thing they can do is to give you a note that says whether or not the person was good as far as like how they left the house. That's another great reason to have the cleaner come right away because then you can get that feedback when you or whoever is giving the person a review, you know if they left the house in a mess or not. Now, one of the big things about Airbnb automation is you know, the communication with the guest. So you want to have a person who can answer questions the guest might have as they're moving through the booking process. And what you want to do is you want to write down every single one of those questions because those questions can then be turned into either something that gets sent to them as part of the booking process or potentially it could become part of a guidebook Like I used to get a lot of questions, you know, in the beginning about like, where should I have, where should I eat? What should I do? Where's the nearest grocery store? All that kind of stuff can go into the guidebook. And then you can have, I definitely recommend that you check out the previous episode that we did on scheduled messages, but you can have that be part of your scheduled message just to remind people to check out the guidebook for lots of great local information. And then if they have a question that you know is in the guidebook, Your person who's answering guest questions can have a canned message, what they call a a, a quick reply, that just says, 
hey, you know, hi, and then you're going to put their name in there. And there's, again, watch that episode about messages to show how you can use their actual first name. So you're going to use, hi, guest, great question. If you haven't had a chance, check out the guidebook because your question and lots of other questions that you might not have even thought to ask yet are going to be answered in that guidebook. And then you give them a link to the guidebook. And that becomes a quick reply. So you get the question, oh, where should I do this? And then you just say, oh, that's going to, you know, your person who's answering questions doesn't have to know anything about you or anything else. All they have to say is, oh, this is a guidebook question. All I need to do is send this quick reply that talks about the guidebook. Boop. Two-second operation, whether it's you or, you know, your young child, you know, who who happens to be computer literate or anybody, a VA, you know, virtual assistant, anybody can answer these questions for you because you've already answered them in advance in either a quick reply or a scheduled message, okay? Another thing to think about is there might be a lot of things that you think are kind of obvious. And actually, (laughs) when I was doing a lot of touring around Europe and Africa, I was actually going to write a book that was going to be called How to Flush the Toilet Across the World. Because almost every place I went, it was a different way to flush the toilet. So I'd be in there and be going, you know, what the heck? So you'd be, you know, and sometimes you either got to push a button, pull a thing, put, you know, step on something, run around, whatever. There's all different ways in every country to, to flush a toilet. So you think, oh, that's totally obvious. Well, maybe not, right? Maybe someone's coming from a place where you step on a pedal to flush the toilet and at your house, no pedal. What do we do, right? So over-explain things that you might think are obvious. You want to over-explain them and lots of notes and signs and pictures all around the house will make it so much easier for your guests and for you as far as getting questions and, and things like that. How do I turn on the shower? How does a trash disposal, you know, how does the garbage disposal work? You know, what, what's this thing for? You know, all kinds of stuff around the house, including, for example, what's in the cabinet. Does a guest really need to open every single cabinet when they check in to figure out what you have there? No. You just put a little label on each door or drawer that says, flatware is here. Here are your mugs for the coffee. This is where you'll find salt and pepper or whatever. So those kinds of things really, you know, walk around the house and think about like you're in a strange place for the first time, what would be helpful? And often like, where's the Wi-Fi? Some big place. That's a thing people are going to ask. I used to put the Wi-Fi right on the TV so that they could easily see, oh, there's the Wi-Fi code. Because the first thing a lot of people do is walk in and turn on the TV. So over-explain lots of signage throughout the house, including pictures. And that's what I was going to say, especially with the check-in process. You want to have lots of photos because check-in is the most stressful time for people, right? Maybe they just got off a 10-hour flight. It's two in the morning. They don't even know if they're at the right house. They're trying to be really quiet. And they're just like, okay, I'm about to like, you know, potentially try to break into this person's house. I I really, you know, want to make sure I'm at the right place. So a picture of the steps. And then you're going to walk up these steps or you're going to get into the, you know, going to cut. Here's the front door. Walk through the front door and here's the elevator. Push the button on the elevator. And then you have a picture of the elevator button with a finger, you know, pointing towards the floor. There's a push button lock on the door. Same thing, a picture of the door, a picture of the lock on the door with a finger, you know, just make it really, really, really easy for people, especially if English is not their first language, or it may not be a language for them at all. You know, they might be visiting outside their own country for the first time. So lots of pictures make for a lot less communication with your guests because they you're actually communicating with them in advance of them 
ever even needing you to communicate with them. And believe me, even if they don't really need that level of detail, they will appreciate it. And they will say like, you know, wow, this person really wants to make sure that we have a good time. They really want to make sure everything's easy for us. And that translates to great reviews. Another great way to make sure that your Airbnb is as automated as possible is the use of a lot of messages. Airbnb allows for two really great things, which are, I mean, of course you can communicate ad hoc with your guests, but you want to take advantage of scheduled messages that go out at a certain time, watch the episode that we did on that a couple weeks ago, and what they call quick replies. So same as what I was talking about with the guidebook, you want to just like common questions, you know, potential problems that people might have, just a quick reply that shows like for the Wi-Fi question, someone says, what's the Wi-Fi code? Well, you could say, well, stupid, I put it in 15 different places in the property. No, you just say, oh, you can find that in the Airbnb guidebook and here it is, right? So just remind, reminding them to go back and check Airbnb for lots more info. And by the way, here it is. So you don't have to do that right now. So definitely take advantage of scheduled messages and quick replies and try to make them as easily, as as well labeled, as clear as you can with as much information. But, but let me just give you a little bit of a caveat about scheduled messages because the scheduled messages go out when you schedule them. So here's an example. The other day, my boyfriend got a cancellation, a last minute cancellation from a guest. So he canceled on Wednesday, he was supposed to show up Friday. And so you know, we were going to go up there. <laughs> we said, oh, weekend available. Let's go up. Instead, what happened was somebody booked. So Thursday, the cleaner hadn't even been there yet. Thursday, somebody tries to book for Thursday night. So it's like five o'clock at night and they want to show up that night. So the, the message that would have gone out two days ahead of their check-in to tell them all the information about how to check in, that didn't go out right? Because what Airbnb does is it says, oh, message skipped because of timing. Well, that's not cool because then the poor guy's going up there and he doesn't even know how to get in, right? So there's two ways around that. One is you can remember that that could possibly happen. And if you have a last minute check-in, that that person's not going to get any of the really wonderful messages that you sent out two weeks ahead of time and a week ahead of time. And last night, you can send one little like reminder email like one hour before check-in time that just reiterates the majority, like the big points, the big bullet points that you would have put in the 17 messages that they didn't get to have because they're a last minute check-in. Okay. So just that one little caveat about scheduled messaging that they only go when they're scheduled. They're not going to like, the person's not going to get all the messages they missed. Okay. So watch the episode on scheduled messages and take advantage of both scheduled messages and quick replies to make the whole communication process so much easier. Another great thing you can use to maximize your Airbnb revenue is to do smart pricing. And again, this all happens automatically. Smart pricing is just a button that you turn on on Airbnb. You set a minimum and a maximum. And then basically what happens is Airbnb looks at how many people are looking for property in your area for that particular point in time, and they adjust the price automatically. So we were just looking at my boyfriend's listing and the day after, so he's got a little tiny, 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 tiny. It's like one room with a Murphy bed, very, very small listing. And, you know, he's set the minimum at like 60 bucks. Well, the day after Christmas, the price is $225, like automatically from Airbnb because they're seeing, ooh, this is a big weekend. Everybody wants to go up this weekend. So they're automatically adjusting that price and 
you know, that's they're, they're looking at what hotels are charging because hotels put their stuff on Airbnb too now. A lot of hotels put their rooms on Airbnb. So they're looking at hotel rooms, they're looking at stays at inns and bed and breakfasts, and they're calculating all those numbers to come up with a number for you, what your property should be renting for. You don't have to say, oh, I got to remember that this is a big weekend. I got to go ahead and change the price on that weekend. And I got to remember that this is like, you know, homecoming week. I got to make sure I do that. No, you don't have to do any of that because Airbnb will automatically keep track of that through smart pricing and they'll adjust your price accordingly within your parameters. Another great thing that can make your whole automated life on Airbnb easier is having lots of supplies. So, you know, that's not just like paper towels, toilet paper, soap, shampoo, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. Although I have to tell you, I stayed at this Airbnb in New York City and I opened one of the cabinets, one of the closets. Okay, this is like a double closet like you'd find in a bedroom. I opened that closet and the entire closet is full of toilet paper. There must have been 200 rolls of toilet paper in there. At least, at least. I mean, obviously I didn't add them up, but it was just chock a block full of toilet paper. So obviously this particular host was like, I never want to visit there. I never want to have to go restock anything. It's going to be all automated and you're never going to have to run out of toilet paper. So that kind of thing, plenty of those kind of supplies, but also supplies like linens, right? So you want to make sure that your cleaner can take the towels that are there dirty take them away with them and bring new ones that they had from before. So like at least three complete sets of towels and sheets so that there can be ones that are washing and ones that are dirty and ones that are clean, right? So all the time, at least three sets of everything, at least three sets of everything. And I don't know if you saw my tip earlier, but one of the great ways to get great reviews is to use white sheets. It's a thing. Okay. So that is supplies are are big. Like I said, you don't want to have to be running out of anything and it allows you that flexibility with the cleaners. And and there was something else I was going to say about supplies, but unfortunately I forgot. So now when you want to think about the experience, so again, you always want to be thinking what could possibly go wrong. So when people are checking in, make sure that there are some motion lights so that everything's easy for them. You know, you're not going to get like, I don't know if I'm at the right house. I don't know what's happening. I don't know where, blah, blah, blah. Have a light that points to the number so they know they're at the right house. Have lights that light up when people come into the driveway. Have, you know, then you don't have to remember. No one has to remember to go turn. Oh, they're coming in after dark. I better go turn the lights on. No, automate all those kind of things. Make it so much easier for you. Another thing that you can do that makes things really great for you is to use smart stuff. So imagine a guest is locked out for some reason and, you know, you've got a ring doorbell. So all they have to do is ring the bell wherever you are in the world. Your thing lights up. Oh, super. Oh, you're locked out. Okay, no problem. You let them in. All, you know, life is back on track again. You didn't have to send the super. Nobody had to come over there. You had the ring light. You had the automatic door lock. Everything was, was chill. Okay. And now imagine that you have an automated thermostat. So you can automatically know, like a few episodes back, I was telling you about this crap experience I had with people who checked out when the temperature outside was below zero Fahrenheit and they checked out and they shut the heat off completely. Now, if I had been smart enough to have a smart thermostat, it would have alerted me that the temperature in the house was below 55 degrees and that the heat was turned off, and all I would have to have done is just hit the button, turned everything back on, no frozen pipes, everything chill, you know? And and that's another great way. No one has to run to the house. No one has to worry about everything. You've got lots of smart devices throughout the house that are helping to make everything 
better for you, easier for you, and easier for your guest. The only caveat about smart devices, if you have any smart devices that are going to record, potentially broadcast any kind of audio or video of the person staying there, you have to reveal that to them before they book. So I don't know why you would do that, but if you had like, for example, a little spy cam in a, in a smoke detector, you'd have to tell them that, that you have video equipment in the house that could record them. That's a law in the United States. I stayed in this place, I, I want to say it was like in DC, where they had a camera in the house for protection, right? So in case that was empty and somebody would break in. So what they did in that case is they said, there is a recording device in the house, there's a smart camera. So as soon as you check in, go to the kitchen and up, unplug this plug because, you know, then you won't be, it won't be broadcasting anymore. So in that case, they were alerting me to the fact and, and letting me know how to disable that. And then I suppose if there were a problem in that case, they, they could say, oh, you can't figure this out or something's wrong. Well, plug the camera back in and then I'll be able to log in and see if I can help you diagnose the problem. So anyway, just notification information. If you do have any cameras or recording equipment that could broadcast information about that guest to you someplace else in the world. And that brings us to anticipating problems. What can possibly go wrong? And it might not be the things that you could think about, right? It might You might have to really bring yourself to that pessimistic place and think of like, what's the worst thing that could possibly happen? Well, maybe there could be a fire on the stove. So you want to have some signs around that say, you know, never pour, you know, here's a box of baking soda, never pour water on a grease fire, you know, like lots of little signs around there. And let me ask you honestly, do you know how to use a fire extinguisher? Because even though you probably like have some concept of how to use a fire extinguisher, like I don't know how to use one. And I, though I'm 100% sure I could figure it out under normal circumstances, when the house is burning down, maybe I can't. So giant signs telling people about all kinds of stuff throughout the house. So helpful. And like, for example, so I used to have a place across the street from the beach. A guest comes, steps on a shell, comes in and they look in the medicine cabinet and lo and behold, the peroxide is five years old, way long expired, no band-aids, you know, no aspirin. It's just like a mess, right? So anticipate those kind of problems. Have an up-to-date first aid kit, have plenty of band-aids, have, you know, mouthwash and throat lozenges and acetaminophen and whatever, you know, like things in there that you think people might want and need during a trip to your place. When I had the beach place, I lived next door, right? And there was some, you know, you could hear some things. It wasn't like, but anyway, I'm in my bedroom one time and I hear this loud ah, bang. I was like, what the heck? The person next door had slipped in the shower. Like they could have been killed. They could have cut their head open, right? Instead, they were like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so clumsy. And I'm thinking, holy crap, thank you for not suing me, right? So things like bath mats, right? Just think about, you know, maybe even some towel, some some of those gar grab rails, you know, so that if somebody did start slipping, they could grab themselves. Or if they're a little older, you know, if they're a little bit less mobile, they could have something to grab onto. So anticipate anything that could go wrong. So Along those lines, there's three things that I think you can do to make yourself a better and more automated Airbnb host. Number one is to be a guest yourself. You can write this off. Travel around the world, travel around your country, travel around your town. And like, first of all, I recommend traveling to a place where you don't speak the language. How did the host 
help you or did they help you in that regard? Well, you know, did they speak to you in your language or do you have to translate everything? Did you get to the property and everything is in the native language? Was there anything that could have been done to help you to feel more comfortable in that place? And if there was, write that down. If there wasn't, write down what they did do to make that all easier and happier and, and better for you. Also, you can invite people who you know who are maybe a little bit critical to come to your Airbnb and to stay there as like a fake guest and to make notes themselves of what could I do here in this property that would, was there anything quirky? Was there anything that you had a question on? Is there anything that would have made it more comfortable for you? Should I have water in the fridge? Should I let people know that the drinking water is really good here? Should I, you know, like what else can I do to make things more convenient and comfortable for this guest? And your friends hopefully will be really frank with you and let you know the answers to that. And then the third thing is you can, and I highly recommend this. When I coach clients on setting up their Airbnbs, I highly recommend that they stay in their own Airbnb property at least once a year for at least a weekend or at least like at least minimum two days, two nights. Every time I used to stay in my places, I would always find something I could do to make it better, to make it different, to increase the, improve the communication with people. So when you do that, when you stay at your place, you might be suddenly thinking, oh, you know, gosh, why don't we have any salt and pepper here, right? Because you might just zip through, everything looks great. And then you're actually staying there and you're trying to make a little something you're like, crap, there's not even any salt here. I got to buy a salt and pepper shaker and put that in the closet. And right. So along with 45 pounds of salt so that you never run out of salt. So those kinds of things, like you might not ever realize that unless you ever actually stay in the home. And, you know, your guests might be you know, not, they're not going to complain because you don't say that you provide condiments, but how nice is it that you do? Another thing that you might find is this happened to me up in New Hampshire because everyone was bringing condiments. The cleaners weren't throwing them away. So they'd be like a whole, the entire door of the fridge was filled with mustards and ketchups and all that crap. Someone finally said to me, look, there's not that much room in the fridge for my food. You know, I, I come here and like, it's full of like other people's crap that got left here. You would realize that if you stayed in your house once in a while. And then you can say to the cleaners, hey, please take that stuff home with you. Donate it to somebody, you know, please just make sure there's only one of each of those condiments in the house at any given time. And you can make a picture of it and let people know that those condiments are there. But if you do that, then you have to provide them. So not always the best thing to do. So those are three things I recommend. Be a guest in other people's homes. Ask friends to be a guest in your home. And then you be a guest in your own home. And then you're going to find out some stuff that you can do to make that whole process much more automated and easy. Because the key to automation is anticipation. If you can anticipate what your guests are going to want and need, then that's a communication that you don't have to have with them. You can have people coming and going and staying and leaving. And you don't have to do anything except give them a review, which you can also, you can give that to the same person who's handling the day-to-day -day communication. Another part about automation is automating the acceptance of guests. And Airbnb allows you three options for accepting guests. One is that you have to accept every single guest manually. So someone would say, can we stay? And you'd have to read their info and say, yeah, I guess that's okay. And then accept them. The second option, which is the one I recommend, is that Anyone who has positive reviews can automatically book. And then the third option is that you'll accept anybody, right? So any, whether they have reviews or not, you'll still accept them. Now, some of the people who don't have reviews are just going to be people who are new to Airbnb. But some of them might be people like, this is a little sidebar. 
if the person has been on Airbnb since like 2015 and they don't have any reviews, that probably means that the hosts didn't want to review them because they were so crappy. So I, I don't, you know, really recommend accepting somebody under those conditions. But otherwise, you know, people who are brand new to Airbnb, you can just go ahead and accept them. But that's why I don't think that you should allow anybody to book automatically. I think that if they have positive reviews, so that middle option, if they already have positive reviews from other hosts, you can automatically accept them. And then the person comes, they look at your property, they like it, looks good to them. They think it's going to work. They reserve it. It's done. All that happens is you get a little text message. So now, I, in anticipation of this episode, knowing that I was going to talk to you about making Airbnb as easy and automated as possible, I spoke to my boyfriend who is a new Airbnb host. And I can tell you, he was nervous about being an Airbnb host. He said, look, I don't have your customer service skills. I don't know what the heck, you know, I don't want to be dealing with crap. I don't want to have problems. I don't want to have people calling me and doing stuff and whatever. I, I think I should just go with the long-term tenant, right? He had that option, could have easily rented that property to a long-term tenant. But now I said, just try it for a year. Let's just try it for a year. I'll help you set everything up and let's see how it goes. So now he's about six months in. He's making three times more than he would have been able to make, at least three times more every month than he would have been able to make with a long-term tenant. Plus, even with that, there are some days that are free that we can use the property, which is a great thing about short-term rentals. And you know, I said to him, how are you feeling about the automation process? As bad as you thought it was going to be communicating with the guests and stuff. And he's like, it's great. Right? I very rarely even have to communicate with them he said, because you, meaning me, got it all set up for me with messages and stuff. So if you're concerned about this, if you're, if you're holding back at all about doing the Airbnb thing, you might want to contact someone who does this, someone who does coaching for people setting up Airbnbs. Now I do that. I, I'll set properties up for people. I'll coach them through it. I have an online course that you know people can take that walks them through that whole process because the coach will walk you through the process from setting the right price to making sure that you're booked enough all the way through, you know, setting up your messages, making sure that you're communicating well, making sure that all your things are in place that you need. So that six months later, you can be like my boyfriend and say, it's so easy and I'm loving this passive income stream in a place that I can still essentially use. Now we're in the process with him because winter's coming of making sure that he's not going to have any weather-related problems. That comes under the anticipate problems header. So I hope you find this helpful. I think that if you put some thought into it and really, really, really try to put yourself into the guest's shoes and anticipate anything that they could ever want to say to you, turn that into an automated message or turn that into a big sign somewhere on the property that you're going to be able to make this process very easy and fun for you create a great passive income stream and have a heck of a time doing it. Have a super week. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode of Women Creating Wealth. For more info, be sure to check out womencreatingwealth.net. If you're enjoying the podcast, please follow us on your favorite podcast platform and consider sharing the wealth with someone else who might enjoy it. See you next week.